Hi, my name's Leo WT, and you have found your way to the Conversations Podcast. This podcast exists to create safe space for spiritually minded conversations about life. Conversations exist to create safe space for dialogue and community. We desire to come together regularly and intentionally to generate conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. Everyone is welcome as a part of the conversation. Hey, Kate, how are you? Good, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm just uh, getting everything ready to push us live to Facebook right now. Thank you for your uh, understanding here with my- Oh, good, I get it. <laughs> All right, so I just have to log into Facebook to push it out right now. So give me a couple seconds here. Um, and I am recording this because I'm going to put it on my podcast too, if that's all right with you. All good. Awesome. I was so, so, so grateful when you responded. Like I could not have expressed my glee. <laughs> all right. All right, we're almost live here on Facebook. Just takes a second. Facebook's being a little bit slow, but we're almost there. All right. Francis. All right, we are live. Well, as I said that, we should stand up. All right, Facebook. Here we are. 
How's everybody doing today here on Facebook land? It's me, Leo WT, and I am here with my friend Kate, who so graciously accepted my last minute invitation to um, come be involved in a chat about, um, you know, Catholicism, civil unions, and being queer. So here we are. Um, I am going to let Kate introduce herself a little bit more. All right. Um, hi, my name is Kate Butler. Um, I use the pronoun she, her, and hers. Uh, I'm originally from Ole, New York, but right now I'm living in Berea, Ohio, because I'm a first year at Baldwin Wallace University studying um, acting and directing. Oh, that's awesome. I don't think I actually knew that. So that's pretty <laughs> fun. <laughs> right on. So um, Kate, would you just give us a little bit of a quick um, description as to why you decided to join our conversation tonight? Yeah, no, of course. Um, so I identify as a lesbian and I am also a Catholic. I was raised Catholic, confirmed. I still go to, to mass here at Baldwin Wallace sometimes. Um, and I just think that, that what Pope Francis did this morning was um, very historical, very impactful and very important. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, so um, I think you've probably seen the conversations page that I run on Facebook. Um, and we've had some interactions over the summer um, through, you know, with everything that's been involved with the George Floyd protests and stuff. Um, so I was really excited to get your perspective, especially as um, a, a person of color, um, as, as a queer person and as someone who knows about the Catholic faith. So I dabble in religion. I'm spiritually curious, um, but admittedly my background is not in Catholicism. So I have many thoughts, right, on what Pope Francis said, but give me, if you could give me a little bit of your perspective of like, what went through your mind when you first like read, you know, the news? No, yeah. Um, so like I said before, I was raised Catholic. My, my family never, um, never pushed homophobic ideals, despite being Catholic and going to church every Sunday. However, sometimes we would hear things like during mass that were homophobic, like it would be called a virus or um, they'd say, well, you know, it's it's not it's not a sin unless you act on it, implying that it, it would be that it would be considered a sin. And um, so there's a lot of I feel like internalized homophobia for a lot of queer people that grow up in the church. Um, so I saw the news this morning, um, a friend actually texted it to me. And at first I was like, I really don't want this to be another thing where they're kind of like pushing back the ideas of still being like, oh, it's still a sin, but we just don't judge sinners because that's what's been said before. But now um, looking deeper into it, cause I did some more research this morning. I think it's a really important step that we're taking because like in the, in the Catholic faith, um, the Pope is considered the like God on earth. So, and I think, I think I don't think God would be homophobic or sexist or racist, despite what a lot of people say about um, him not liking, not liking like people in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and I think that it's really important that the Pope took those steps this morning um, to make sure that, that we know that God wasn't homophobic and he's not homophobic. Absolutely. I think that's crucial. Um, like you said, like, uh, I, I just don't think that God would be homophobic, period. Like, I don't think that God um, within God's self holds holds a place for any sort of phobia or ism, you know? Um, one of my favorite comedians, Hassan Minaj, actually said, um, like, you're not going to go up to heaven and God's not going to be like, oh, you were racist? Cool. Good job. I always wanted. Like, he doesn't, God doesn't teach hate. Like, <laughs> no racism, homophobia, sexism, like, everything, like, 
Islamophobia, like, no, nothing like that. Like, Absolutely. No, I, I have to agree with you. And it's so funny to me because, you know, full disclosure, since I mean, this is pretty much the first time we've talked for any length of time. <laughs> I grew up in the conservative uh, evangelical church. Like I was so conservative that I didn't even know. I didn't even know that I was like conservative or evangelical because it was my whole worldview, you know, but I was actively taught that Catholics weren't going to heaven. You know what I mean? Um, I was in such a narrow-minded view of church that, that I was kind of taught that Catholics were going to hell, which looking back for me is just a horrifying thing to think now. But um, I find it interesting that, so the Catholic church is, uh, and, and, and mainline Protestant churches are the closest connection that we have to the historical church. Um, evangelical churches, non-denominational churches, uh, if you think about them in terms of like developmental uh, stages, they're not even a fertilized egg. They're a zygote, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was I was going back, um, looking back on Facebook, remembering uh, and evangelical churches who have um, an agenda of hate and, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, no, no names. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I found, I find it so interesting about like how much of a following they have when the basis is preaching on hate and and let he who be without sin cast the first stone i'm not gonna like try and like shame them or anything because they've done enough shaming of marginalized communities themselves but that it's just it's dangerous to be not only like having kids grow up in a church that preaches only hate but also to just have it like be prominent in our community in general absolutely and these churches you know in it for example the catholic church like they are literally their lineage traces back to like the book of Acts church, you know, the people that gathered after Jesus was crucified, the Catholic church can, can trace their lineage the whole way the chain of custody is there. And so for, for the Pope, right, the head of the Catholic church to stand up and say, you know, LGBTQ individuals deserve human rights and deserve legal, legal protection. Um, I think that that bears with it a lot of weight in my mind. And I'm not even Catholic, but I, I have such a respect for the fact that, you know, the Catholic Church has built this institution that has fail safes in place. And maybe that makes it slow to change, but maybe that means it bears some weight, you know? Yeah, that it, it is slower to change, but when it does make change, they're very monumental. Um, the Pope was very vocal about um, social issues in America this summer, actually. He he does not respect Donald Trump. And I think that's important. He said that a leader builds bridges and not walls. He is not known for bringing up people by name, but he said that we need to get justice for Mr. George Floyd and that um, racism is a sin. And I wish that I wish that, that would be listened to as much as um, smaller Bible verses are listened to, like ones that condemn like all these like marginalized people. And instead we could listen to the words of the Pope right now. I think he's a really important leader. Um, I think, uh, and, and uh, like I said, admittedly, I don't come from a Catholic background, but I remember thinking to myself when, when Pope Francis was, um, you know, installed, right? I remember thinking to myself, like, this is important. Like, this is a big deal. And 
so kind of Pope Francis is my introduction to Catholicism. So that's like an interesting place to pick up the story, right? Yeah. But I think you're dead right. Like I think he's majoring on a lot of majors, which is like loving marginalized people and taking care of people and and loving people on the fringes. Um, that's what that's what God and the church should be about. That's what the whole Bible's about. And we've got it twisted in American culture to where it's a prosperity gospel. It's like, bless me, I'm powerful. God conquered my enemies, even though I'm the colonizer, you know, like. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a Psalm that's the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. And I think that that couldn't be better, better said than that. Like he like sided with, with marginalized people always. And it was like, he's not this person that was built on like exclusion of other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like that's, that's the whole thing. Like historical Jesus, even if you don't believe in Jesus as a divine person, like historical Jesus as a man, as, as a being was all about marginalized people. And so in America, now this is an interesting thing. And this is, this is what I messaged you about earlier. Currently in America, we have, we have a, an absolutely regressive administration. And I, I can't, I can't curb that thought. We have a regressive administration, um, but we claim to be a Christian nation. And then here is the leader of the Catholic church, the leader of the church universal saying mm. LGBTQ people are children of God and they deserve rights. I think it's very interesting, the juxtaposition of, you know, America's being regressive. Um, our Supreme Court is literally considering overturning same-sex marriage. And the Catholic Church, the Church Universal, this person that that I believe was divinely put into place. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. LGBTQ people matter. Racism needs to be ended. Like this needs to be handled. That's that's huge. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I actually had a conversation with um, one of my one of my friends last night about politics, and she was. I was like, I don't understand why we agree with with electing these officials who don't believe in the rights of me. And and we're saying that we like it's so easy for people to say, oh, I support you. It's so like I support you. But but you show it with your actions. Yep. And one of the actions you can take is to change policy. And by changing policy, you vote. So it just makes no sense to me that there are people who can say that they support marginalized people and then vote to take away their rights. It just doesn't make sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Because the thing is, is that like, if you believe in something, you value it and you take steps to protect it and to honor it and to, and to preserve it. And I think that there's no way around that in this election. And there's no way around that in our current cultural conversation about religion. The Pope said like, bro, hey, LGBTQ people are humans and they deserve protection like so so the Pope was like yo I'm going to change policy right and and in America we have policies being changed negatively um, and people saying you know oh I support you like I, I love you but at the same time your votes and your energies and your support um, are going in different directions and for me as an LGBTQ person that's perplexing you know what I mean oh yeah I mean yeah, like, 
it's so easy to say that you're that you're going to support someone but but this is kind of the election where we're like okay prove it and show us that you support us and at the same time i'm really disappointed that all of these statements are being issued as like controversial or political that black lives matter and that lgbtq people should be able to have rights like it just it doesn't make sense to me so like at this point i think that the voting is just it's a human rights issue above anything and and when people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't agree with those parts of like the president's ideals or it's, I just wanna know where they draw the line. Yeah, absolutely. Like, where do you draw the line in support of an institution that is harmful to marginalized people, right? And that's, I think that's been a hard line to dance on for LGBTQ people for so long, especially if you're a person of faith, it's like, how do I support an institution that doesn't support me? that doesn't support my relationship, that doesn't support my kids and their gender, um, that doesn't support so many things. And I think it's huge and it's, it's, it's vastly restorative to say, hey, like, yo, yo I'm up here, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, at, at part of the Vatican and I'm saying this matters, like that's, that's a huge show of support. You know what I mean? Um, show of support because, yeah. um, I mean, there's points where, where a lot of, um, queer people get upset because they're like people of faith, they're Catholic, and they realize that they can't get married in the church. Um, but I, I really am hopeful that someday that we'll get there. And I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. Absolutely. And there's, there's definitely room for skepticism and concern. Mm -hmm. Um, because there are more steps that need to come. But but kind of like we touched on before, like, this is such a foundational primary step. Like without this step, no other steps can be taken. And so I have to, you know, I definitely, I hear people when they say they're skeptical, LGBTQ people have been mistreated by the church universal for so long. Um, but maybe it's the optimist in me. Maybe it's the fact that I had a little caffeine late in the day or something. But I do think that it's, it, it's a foundational step and, and we need more, we need better. But this is such a big, big step forward, you know? I think this of all time, like all times is the best time to be making changes like this because we're in a space where uh, people are more welcome to change. I mean, on the other side though, there's a lot of people who won't be welcome to it, which is why I'm really grateful that the Pope decided to be vocal about all of these issues because I'm sure he knew that there would be a lot of people who did not agree with him in the slightest. Absolutely, yeah. And, and like you said, like I said, maybe it's the optimist in me, but this is the perfect time for change. I think so many people in 2020 have been like dumpster fire, garbage year, you know, everything's bad. But really, I think we're kind of presented with the chance to like flip the script of everything, to turn everything on its head. Um, and actually, like, if you take the Bible seriously, like that's what Jesus did. Jesus mm -hmm. came and said like, yo, the system is corrupt. The government is corrupt. The, the temple is corrupt. I've made a new way, right? And so maybe like we're in this, this cataclysmic moment and we have this chance to make a new way forward and to follow spirit into a better 2021. You know what I mean? I 100% agree because there's all these posts going around that are like, oh, 2020 is the worst year ever. But honestly, all of these like racial issues have been happening for centuries you know and and we're finally putting them to light so like yeah it's 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 a bummer that all of that stuff happened oh my gosh a bummer doesn't even be, begin to, i don't even know why i use that word but <laughs> it, it's terrible and it's tragic that all of this mistreatment like racial mistreatment and racism has happened but like 
we are given the chance to do something about it. And I think make 2020 pretty good, actually. Absolutely. Um, I'm uh, commenting to people's comments on our page. So don't read this as not paying attention. Um, uh, someone else was just saying that the Pope was was a much needed change. And I, as the Pope was a much needed change, I think 2020 was a much needed change. Mm -hmm. So much in our world that's not headed towards sustainability, be it economics, uh, be it environmental practice, be it the whole system of American government. Um, it, all of these things were not sustainable. And frankly, a regressive homophobic, hateful church is not sustainable in a diverse and multicultural and intersectional world. So here we are in 2020, we got this gangster Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I, I love Pope Francis, man. I'm telling you what, like. Francis, he was definitely a much needed Pope. We, we need somebody like him because we needed leadership like that. Because I think this is how, I don't, again, we touched on it a thousand times, but God, doesn't believe in homophobia. We need someone um, in this leadership position who believes the same thing. And um, I'm very thankful for Pope Francis because he's saying a lot of things that needed to be said a long time ago. Absolutely. And you know what? It's really interesting what happens when you have a leader in a position of power. Because I think in America right now, we don't have a leader in a position of power. We have a bully, we have a placeholder we have a person in a position of power, but I do not believe that this person is a leader. But Pope Francis was a leader. Pope Francis took risks. Pope Francis makes decisions. Pope Francis takes action and engages in the world in front of him. And, and I think that's what it takes to be a leader, right? You, to be a leader, you have to engage the people that you're leading. And, and that's not incite, but engage and challenge. And, and I think that, I think that he's done that from what I can see, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I could see the Catholic church growing in ways that have maybe been foreign for so long, you know what I mean? Because to take a stance that honors intersect, the intersectionality of being queer and, and a Catholic or queer and religious, that's gonna break new ground for the church. No, I 100% agree. Yeah, we don't have, we have a game show host as a president and he's he's treating like our country as his own personal playground and it confuses me because i i asked somebody this last night i was having a conversation with someone about politics who didn't agree with my politics i don't agree with their politics and and i was just like like i don't know how you can how you can support someone and and a lot of conservative ideals are like we need to protect our country but you're not protecting the people in the country and neither is your president and it it confuses me yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's so much that we've seen too, even with the the Olean Regional Justice Coalition and um, and protesting at Lincoln Park. You know, the biggest opposition that we've had to us is people coming by and shaking American flags in our face. But then when I took an American flag and I wrote a phrase from the Pledge of Allegiance on it, I wrote "Justice for All" on the flag you would not believe the anger that it incited in people. Like they're angry about this flag, but they're not angry about the fact that justice for all is not an actualized phrase right now, you know? Yeah, no. Um, back when coronavirus first um, started picking up in the United States and there was a lot of, of issues with people attacking either verbally or physically um, Asian American people, just like in public, I noticed that 
the people I'd be most afraid of are the people that were wearing American flag things. And I was thinking back on that and I was like, that's so disappointing if you think about it, that people who wear um, things that have to do with America are being like, I see them as, as being potential threats. Like that's, that's disappointing and that's scary. Like. That's so disappointing and so scary and interesting that you spotted that. So like, I'm not Asian. Um, and so I, <laughs> um, I, it, it's just wild to me that people's first instinct was like to attack Asian people, bro. Like, that's crazy. You know, but, what that rooted from was our president calling it the Kung flu, calling it the China virus. He recently did when he was debating Biden. It's disgusting. It's disgraceful. And it makes racist people think that they're allowed to be more open and outward about their own racism and their own intolerance. Exactly. Yeah, there's a spirit of openness um in 2020 and unfortunately that openness has been so far openness to hatred but i kind of have a little bit of hope in this situation i kind of see 2020 as this this precipice right this tipping mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's hatred but there's also good and if we can stir up the cultural consciousness and if we can get a mass of people moving their consciousness in a positive direction, power structures flow downstream from consciousness. So as the world becomes more conscious, our leadership begins to reflect that. And as the Catholic Church has become more conscious, bro, we got Pope Francis, man, like he's there. Maybe, maybe America could follow suit. Like I'd like to see that if a church who was still, what is it like only maybe 50 years ago that that mass was still being held in latin i don't remember the years of vatican ii but if a church that was you know uh, within the past within the past century this church was still speaking in latin a dead language right if they can fast forward to 2020 and and the head of the catholic church can say lgbtq people matter and they should be legally protected maybe we could get that pendulum to swing in america as well you know. No, I agree with that because he, um, what Pope Francis said was like, they deserve the right to a family. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really what church is and like what religion is. It's like a, it's a big family. And, and I don't think Jesus would have been like, oh yeah, we're a big family except for him, him, him. And, you know, like he, it wasn't exclusion. It wasn't like exclusion based. Okay. And, and I would like to say that I know we touched on some negative things that were happening um, in Olean and in, in the upstate New York area. And although like, like the, the hate will continue. Um, I'm really proud of what Olean has done to like protest and make sure that um, to be racially and socially conscious. Yeah, absolutely. They've done. Yeah, I think I'm actually, it's funny because we kind of joke every week when we're out at the circle protest and we joke about the amount of middle fingers or the amount of N words or the amount of white powers that we get. But I have to level with you, bro. Olean has been so much more supportive than hateful throughout all of this. And I think the people that are talking the loudest right now behind their keyboards, behind their keyboards, they're scared because they know they're going to, They them being scared and fighting back isn't actually like an admission that they know they have privilege. And I think Olean is really, really cool because we are an urban environment in the middle of a rural area. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, right? But Olean has been showing up in progressive and impressive and profound ways since the George Floyd protests. Yeah, no, I've seen the videos of 
people um, to trying to spew hate on the protest and they're really they're really terrible and really disappointing. But I feel like as long as people still want to stand there after hearing all those things and protests for what they believe in, that that I'm really proud of Olean, you know? Like I'm proud to say that I've I've come from a place where people are protesting and like they they prioritize these issues. You know, that's important to me. Absolutely. Yeah, the people of Olean um have certainly been motivated throughout all of this. And there's a lot of young people. There's a lot of high schoolers. And you know what's interesting? There's a lot of support amongst people that are of like retiree age too. Um, my friend Marianne was there last night and I, I love this woman. She comes into me to get a haircut. Uh, she's got all white hair. I don't know what her age is. I'm terrible at guessing, but all, old enough to have all white hair. Um, and she was out there with her sign that said end white supremacy and people were driving by and, and a couple people were giving her the finger and a couple people are yelling at her and she just waved. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a cool intersectionality amongst the people who are spiritually and socially conscious in Olean and I'm really excited to see what that brings you know yeah um, there's an integration that's happening and I feel like in the air there's more good things than there are bad things it might be the caffeine it might be my natural optimism <laughs> but I really think there's more good things coming out of the ether you know yeah no I agree Olean has always been a very a community that's very um that prioritizes like community engagement and being good neighbors. And I think that's like, like that's a really, that's really great. And I'm, I'm happy about it. Uh, it's 9.16, I unfortunately have to go, but um, it was a really good conversation. Absolutely, yeah, thank you so much. If you can give me one last um, thing. If you are, if you had the chance as a young minority, queer, Catholic human being, to say anything that you could to other young people sitting in the pews of Catholic churches today, what would you say to them? Oh my gosh, what a loaded question. Um, <laughs> uh, God over God and Jesus over everything teaches to love other people, to mm -hmm. just just to love, like not even just other people, to love like the world around you, to love the planet, like like love always overpowers hate and that's at center of every religion so absolutely and i think you could even exclude that and you could extend that to include loving yourself as an lgbtq catholic or person of faith so yeah absolutely thank you so much kate have a good night we'll talk to you later bye bye hey everybody on facebook i'm just gonna wrap this up a little bit kate was so gracious to uh to grace us with her time and i couldn't be more grateful for that um i had so so many thoughts as we were going through this chat and i just kind of wanted to wrap up a little bit um in my head you know uh, if you guys have thoughts i would love to chat with you feel free to message them in um i'm gonna kept up, catch up on the comments right now Ooh, so my friend Carl said, Pope Francis made a really profound impact around the world in countries less progressive than the USA, i.e. Eastern Europe, South America, etc. I'd like to hear devout Catholics reconciling their own thoughts if they disagree with him while also believing in the infallibility of the Pope. That's a, that's a double-edged sword, right? Like you believe in the Pope, what now? You know what I mean? And lastly, go Bills, because you got to you know what I mean um that is going to be so interesting to see 
And I personally am going to be looking around on the internet um, to see like in some sort of uh, Catholic spaces, what, what people are saying and what people are feeling and what people are thinking about the Pope, because the, that is a big tenet of Catholicism is, is the, uh, the infallibility of the Pope. So I can't wait to see what's going on here. Hey, Julie. Hey, Kate. How's it going? I feel like I've seen you guys before. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's profoundly interesting that the Pope uh, the infallible head of a religious institution with the, with its roots in the ancient church, with, with, with its roots directly tied to the ancient church, right? The head of this ancient religious organization called Catholicism. He says LGBTQ people are humans, they're children of God, and they deserve legal protection. This is happening over here. And over here in America, the land of the free, the most progressive, the best country, right? We're actually considering moving in the opposite direction in 2020, right? How is it, please don't read this negatively, but how is it possible that this most progressive country is, is lagging behind the Catholic church? And I say that not to poke fun at the Catholic Church, but just to point out that the Catholic Church is a system and is an organization and it is an institution. And therefore they have processes and they have time, you know what I mean? It takes time to make change in an organization like the Catholic Church. They've managed to do it. And here we are in America and we're like, oh, maybe we wanna reel that one back in. But that juxtaposition is just really sitting in my mind right now. And what does that say? about America, what is, how do, how do I feel that, about that as an American? Um, I think that what America should be is progressive. What America should be is equitable. What America should be is just for all. And I don't know if we see that right now. And I think that the juxtaposition of that with the Catholic church is just really thought provoking and it's really something to think about. So. I'm going to wrap this um, episode, podcast, live, whatever it is. I'm going to wrap it up for tonight, but I want to thank you guys for joining me. Um, and I just wanted to let you guys know that if you're so interested, uh, Conversations Official is now on Spotify. Um, you'll be able to listen to conversations like this in podcast form. Um, if you could do us a huge favor, it'd be fantastic if you could open up Spotify find Conversations Official, and if you could give us a follow, that'd be fantastic. We will also be on Apple Podcasts soon, um, which would be really great if you could give that a follow as well. This video will also be posted on the Conversations Official YouTube page, where you can view and interact with this content and other content that we have had in the past. Uh, Conversations Official is also on Instagram. Um, it's kind of just, a, it's kind of to point towards these channels though. So make sure you give Conversations Official a follow on Spotify, watch out for it on the Apple Tunes, and please like and subscribe to Conversations Official on YouTube. Um, if you're here, you already know about the Facebook page, so I'm pretty sure you're already following it. Uh, but thank you guys so much for being a part of the conversation. Thank you to Kate. Um, I really had only met her in passing before, and I, I was so proud that, uh, uh, that she volunteered to step right up. I thought she had some great thoughts, and I'm really proud to see young people being proactive and ready to engage conversations like this. Thank you guys so much for watching. 
please drop your comments. I would love to engage with them. That's the whole point of this. It's called conversations and it works a lot better if there's two people in the conversation instead of just one. Like and follow conversations on Spotify, like and subscribe to conversations on YouTube. Drop your comments, share. I can't wait to engage with this conversation uh, with you guys in the comments and I can't wait to continue to build an open and affirming safe space and community for people who wanna be um, in, intentionally intersectional and spiritually curious. Have a great night, everybody. This has been the Conversations Podcast. Thank you so much for joining the dialogue. If you have any questions or comments on the episode about conversations in general, or just need some safe space to talk, Join the digital community on the Conversations Official Facebook group and Facebook page. You can also find us under Conversations Official on YouTube and Instagram. And of course, please take a second to rate, follow, and share this podcast so that we can continue to build the conversation. I'm Leo WT. Thanks you so much for listening.